Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Hello, welcome to the Faith Lift Sisters. We are finishing up James this week um, and we are in chapter five. Today, we're talking about James 5, verses 13 through 18, um, and Terry's going to read that for us, but um, I think she's just going to read 13 through 16, if I remember correctly. Um, so, Terry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And then if you want to read 17 and 18, you can. Oh, okay. Um, but it just talks about how Elijah is a man. Yeah. who also had his prayers answered. Yeah. Now, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So it's just saying how very powerful um, you know, our prayers can be. And you're praying in God's will, uh-huh. right? That's the key, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because I could pray all day that the sky would be purple. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. So Rosemary did a lot of digging for us in these passages about prayer. Yeah, the thing that, that's interesting, people like um, talk about, and there's different ones for the um, different uses of the word sick. We use the word sick, but um, and different um, interpretations of the Bible or different translations of the Bible will use different words, but often people go sick, 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 and it all means the same thing. And so I just wanted to kind of run through like in 13, the sick that was used is anyone among you in trouble. That means afflicted, right? And so it means like enduring or undergoing hardships, suffering, let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. So it's like specifically when you're in trouble, then you're going to have this response, and this will be helpful for this response when you're going through trouble. And I know that. I mean, just putting on praise songs sometimes when you're in, in the dumps, I can just change everything, you know, and singing out loud. Um, so in 514, the sick means asthenio, and that means to be feeble. This is the one that's, that's definitely sick. Be diseased, impotent, sick, weak, without strength or powerless, but also it means to be weak in means to be needy or poor, to be feeble or sick. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. The last one here is Kamno, which is weary. And the prayer offered, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick slash weary person 
well, the Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they will be forgiven. So there's three different things, and they're in the genitive plural form in the feminine. And what I know by that is not one of you corrected me in the genitive plural feminine. So you also had trouble diagramming sentences in the back of your seventh grade classroom. (laughs) You are my people. (laughs) I don't know. I was going through the, um, uh, what is that? Strong's concordance. And they have all these different grammar things like, oh, for, you know, you know, adjective, I can do adjectives and nouns, but I mean, it was like, they started getting all this funky stuff. And I was like, I can say all those forms and nobody will correct me because you know what? Nobody else diagrams sentences either. Mm -hmm. They were my people. They're in the back of the class. Okay. So my sisters probably could. Marsha probably could. (laughs) Dee Dee. I can name people. People can. But the way you all looked at me, I was like, oh, that's what I know now. (laughs) I'm like, what is she talking about? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe some other people know. No, yeah. I was just being silly there because of all this grammar and all these words. Um, The thing is, if something doesn't make sense to you, look up the word. Get curious what words are actually used because Greek has different words for different types. Like we know that with the word love, agape, Mm -hmm. and has a a lot of different um, meanings. So the languages are different. Right. But the bottom line is go before God. Pray. Be with one another. Sing songs of worship. I think it's Um, important, too, to remember that prayer does not change our circumstance. In, like your immediate circumstance is going to stay the same. It is going to change your focus and your perspective. Mm-hmm. So if I am in the midst of chaos in my house and I am, you know, I have one kid who's crying and I have one kid who's yelling at the other kid and I have one kid who's failing a class and I have, you know, my husband is up to his ears and work stuff and just things are just falling apart around the house. Me praying does not immediately change any of those things, but it does immediately change my perspective and my circumstance and how I'm going to relate to the crying kid, the failing kid, the husband who's up to his ears, you know, relating to the yelling kid, all of those things are going to, um, my perspective on those things is going to shift once my perspective is now, and my focus is now looking at turning my heart toward the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, a, that's so. a good point. I was super angry at someone just recently and God said, okay, well, start praying for him. Oh, and yeah. as I did, the prayers were just easier and easier. It's like, oh, they, they must be going through such a hard time, God. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me do this because the issue was me and my hard heart mm-hmm. and my anger. And that's what needed to change. Yep. And their circumstance yeah. didn't change. No, and the nothing circumstance changed. that led you to the anger didn't change. Mm-hmm. Just your heart and your perspective. Yeah. Well, oh, go ahead. Some, sometimes circumstances do change, though, with the prayer. Because we're told to, um, if any among you is sick, that's the physical, actual sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them, anoint them in the name of the Lord. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Mm-hmm. So when my niece was born, um, she had a little hole in her heart and um, they live in Midland. And so uh, there wasn't really a good special for that. Um, 
But so she was born, I don't know, Sunday or Monday or whatever. I went to the ladies Bible study at our church, um, wisdom for women. And one of the teachers there was doing a teaching on this. And she said, you know, that, that part about, um, get the elders to pray and all that. I was kind of a fairly new Christian and I had never heard that, but I'm like, you know, and I'm like, Oh, that's what we're supposed to do. I guess. Okay. So I called my sister and I said, yada, yada, yada. You need to call the elders of your church. And they were like brand new baby Christians and, and do this, you know? And um, she's like, okay. So they called their church and they're like, well, we've never done that before. And I don't oil, you know? And so they said, but we'll come. So the um, youth pastor and one other deacon came and they brought like olive oil, you know, they, that's all they had. And they did anoint her with oil and they did pray over her. And when the specialist came like a week later, her heart was healed. There was nothing mm. there. Wow. So I think just um, doing what it says, and a part of that's obedience. Like Marge, when she taught it, you know, like I, I feel the Lord led her to teach on a certain thing. Um, she obeyed that. I heard it and I believed and I obeyed it. My sister obeyed it. The elders of the church who had never done it before, obeyed what God said to do. And I think all of our hearts were so pure about it. And there was just no doubt about it. And um, and he did heal her. And she's never had a heart problem in she's 20-something. Um, so it's like, it can change your circumstances. But you're right. Our hearts were right in the right place too. And then God... Mm-hmm. I think when you pray, you can have faith that God will change your circumstance because he changed some circumstances for Elijah. Elijah prayed and it stopped raining. Then he prayed again and it started raining. That rain or the lack thereof was a circumstance. But, But when we go to God and we pray and we can have faith for the circumstances to change, I think we mostly need to know that it's got to start with us. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's not wrong to expect the circumstance to change, but but you, but you better be ready to change too. Yeah, <laughs> like Rosemary with with praying for someone that she was angry with. Um, when we are obedience, you know the there's obedience is better than sacrifice, right? When we're obedient to the word of God, when we take it for just what it says and we do it, um, that's very pleasing to God. He loves mm-hmm. that when you take Him at His word. So I, I think that's a key, key point, um, that obedience, when you're saying that and having that pure heart towards it and just trusting God and knowing that God is sovereign. Yeah. So our prayers will not necessarily be what we, you know, like um, we may or may not get an outcome that's favorable, but God right. is still God. This sweet baby was prayed over, right? Because yeah. it was an obedience to God and God is still sovereign. He gets to make those decisions. Yeah. Because well, he has well, a plan. We know the revealed will of God in many areas, but we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Even Jesus said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which says to me, God's will wasn't always being done on earth. 
like it was being done in heaven. So I think when we pray, you know, if we, if it's the revealed word of God that we're praying, if we know for sure that that's something that God wants, that that's his will, then that's a different kind of thing than when we're just praying for ourselves. And it might be a, you know, like, gee, Lord, which job should I take? I need you to help me know, because the word doesn't say take the job with so-and-so. So we don't really know exactly what his will might be in that regard. Um, so that's when our trust has to come in that he, you know, we've asked him to be our Lord. And because we have, we have given him, he is, he, we've made him God in our lives. We've made him the king. We've made him the sovereign. And so he does have our best interest at heart and he's going to guide us and lead us um, in his will. I, th- I think that um, it all just goes back to the heart. Yeah, which we have said over and over and over again through James is like, it's just, where is your heart? Is it focused and beating in line? Excuse me. Is it focused beating in line with the will of God? It's just really what it comes down to over and over and over again. And I just have to tell you, Angie, like I kind of giggled when you said, you know, that Jesus prayed not or my, um, your will be done. Yes. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't come up with that. Um, And then you said, you know, it it was probably the Lord's will was not being done on earth like it is in heaven. I thought that is the understatement of the century. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it was that way a couple thousand years ago and it's still that way today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where it comes back again, just to the heart of Well, you Making know, there's sure that, that scripture that says the prayers of a righteous man avail much. They're powerful mm-hmm. and mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Our prayers are important and they are powerful and they, they are um, a necessary part of our life with God. Um, but so then it boils down to what's a righteous man then? If I want my prayers to be powerful and effective, what does that mean? I'm a righteous man. Well, that just means... I'm in right standing with God. My heart, like you said, my heart is right before him. So it, it, it ultimately all does go right back to the heart. Where, where's your heart? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. We need to um, touch a little bit on something that it says here that people kind of take out of context <clears throat> sometimes. Um, and it says here that um, in in verse 15, it says, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Um, and also talking about who among you is sick. And um, sometimes that's taken out of context. And if you're sick and you're praying for healing and you're not healed, it's because you're not, your faith isn't strong enough. Um, or it's because you've sinned and therefore you're sick as punishment. Um, sometimes those are taken out of context and that's not what this means. Mm-hmm. Like we were, like Rosemary talked about the, the different words for the word sick, like the different root meanings of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just want to be real clear <laughs> that the sickness and the lack of healing Um, or the continued sickness is not a punishment from God. Right. Right. The 
only sin that is a direct result or the only sickness that is a direct result of sin was the original sin that separated us from God and then allows us to live and caused us to live in this fallen world where there is sickness and there is disease and um, there are just all of these yucky things that happened that were not the original will. Um, So we just need to make that real clear that just because you're sick, it doesn't mean that it's a result of sin. Well, Jesus addresses it. Is it the blind man who's um, brought in and they Mm -hmm. say, well, whose fault, you know, whose sin caused this blindness, the mother, the father, or his? And Jesus said, none. Sin, no one's sin caused this. This was allowed so that ultimately glory would go to God, you know, kind of like when I can't, when I get there and I heal him, then the glory will go to God. It's not a result of anyone's sin. Right. So. I, I keep going back to what you said um, a few episodes ago. I think it, I, uh, no, I can't remember it, but I think it's in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 is what keeps coming to mind, but I'm not sure that that's it for sure. God has seen what we do not see. God has heard what we have not heard, and God knows what we do not know. Therefore, it's up to God. We trust God. It's not up to us. And that, that was really helpful for me in letting go some things. Um, it's I kind of looked, I think when I'm thinking about that scripture, it's like I looked that up to kind of back up what you were saying, Terry. Um, I think yours was that paraphrase of he's seen things we don't see, he hears what we don't hear. But it's like God knows way more than we do. And we can trust him with this. And we can also be not happy about the plan, mm-hmm. but, um, and we can go to him with that and let him change our hearts that way too. Um, but we yeah. always need to know, keep in mind that he knows way more than we do. <laughs> like everything. Respect it. <laughs> like, like everything. I don't know. I have a pretty good chocolate cake recipe that he may not be aware of yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. No, he probably is. Yeah. So, so another piece of that, um, it says in 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We kind of wanted to run, just chat a little bit about confession because that can really get hairy. Um, anybody want to jump in here or? Well, I think we can start with the fact that if we've sinned against someone, mm-hmm. okay, um, the appropriate way to confess that sin would be to go to that person and confess that you've mm-hmm. sinned against them. Because that's really just between you and them. It doesn't need to involve anybody else. It doesn't need to expose that person to any anything. Um, if you have a besetting sin, a sin that you struggle with, And um, I I think then you want to either seek out someone who's more mature than you are, um, or perhaps you might even need to go before the congregation or before the elders and confess that kind of sin. If you're doing that in a group setting, then I think it's important not to get too, um, not to give all the dirty details. Okay. Mm -hmm. You need to be honest about what's going on but they don't need to know something that might titillate them or that might cause them to fall in some way. 
we need to be very careful of that because we can do that to one another. You know, we can put something in somebody's mind that mm-hmm. might mess with them later on. So we need to just be conscientious um, in, in our confession. Just because it might make us feel good to just spill our guts doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do to just spill our guts about everything. Um, Depends on what's in your heart. Depends are on you, what's Are in you heart. trying to um, promote healing and... and um, Unity and Unity restoration. And, yeah. right, that's it. The restoration. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because confession can um, turn into gossip. Easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the so, thing as a counselor, though, one of the things that I I really and and it, it is a fine line, and it's very difficult. But we need. When someone's confessing, certainly for me, I need to be clear and specific. Or I can't get that restoration because I haven't completely admitted to my sin. And even if this is like before God, now this doesn't mean like you were saying, Angie, like all the dirty details or something like that. But I can't say like, so like there's this thing that happened last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, it's like, that's not quite right. Yeah. yeah. You can't like, it's this thing we do or something like that. It was thing that happened and... It has to be really specific. You have to name it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you do have to name it because without naming it, there's no real recognition. And I think again, yeah, going back to your heart, is this to set the to start begin the restoration of a marriage? Let's say it was an affair or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we go back and forth. I'll say as counselors, sometimes women don't need to know. Or men don't need to know. Um, if it hurts that other person, affair is going to hurt someone anyway. Um, but it might be better not to know all the details. Right. Because then it could affect that person's heart. Right. You know, the offended party's heart. Um, and sometimes they do want the details. And so that's something that has to get worked out. Mm-hmm. But it's worked out very gently, very carefully, and over a period of time. Um, but sometimes there's no restoration. It's like, did you have an affair? Like what happened? Um, get it all out. And then you can heal from all of that. But if it's this drip, 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 sometimes that's even worse. So, well, and I think it's, um, what, you know, you have to know what your purpose is. Is this just, yeah. to? Yeah. Oh, I need to confess. Cause man, Good I need enough. this off of my shoulder. I can't, right. you know, and so here now, Oh, I'm, I'm done. No, that's not the idea. It's not just to get it off of your mind and off of your back so you don't have to feel guilty anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not, it's not true. That's just um, self-soothing. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't help. And that's where turning to wise counsel is advisable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always advisable to go to wise counsel, but that's where they, that's where they can come in and help you work through those things instead of, like you said, Terry, instead of just like taking it all off my shoulders and then setting it on you and saying, now it's on you. Right. Um, that's where that wise counsel can come in and help you not take it off and put it on someone else, but take it off and lay it at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really important that, to know that. Right. And sometimes that wise counsel looks like a trusted friend. Sometimes that wise counsel looks like, um, 
looks like rosemary. Yes. <laughs> Very rarely it does, but yes. <laughs> Could it, you know, <laughs> once a year, you know. <laughs> I I just I think that's really important that we were talking about just the kind of where is our heart? Again, back at James. What's the point of our confession? What are we trying to accomplish here? Mm-hmm. And is it for the other person or is it for us? Right. Right. And I'm, I'm sorry, Suzanne. I, oops, now I'm no. interrupting you. Go ahead, Terry. I said, I thought you were done with the sorry, Suzanne. I interrupted with the rosemary joke. No, oh. I, <laughs> I was just going to say it like a counselor. So you just filled that yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. But there's, and you know what? There's also wise women in the church, mm-hmm. wise men in the church, people who you can go to um, that would give you counsel along the lines of what is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And to help you draw closer to God and to pray with you um, is sometimes having an accountability partner is someone to just, you know, you say, I'm really struggling with this and I need someone to talk to, you know, and at least say it out loud. This is what's going on. So those are all different ways of praying, engaging in that prayer. But the confession has to be clear. You have to confess to the level that healing can occur. There has to be repentance. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so it's not just, I'm just going to unload on you. Right. The, the, the motive has to be, I'm going to turn from that behavior. I'm going to turn from that sin. So I confess it and I repent of it. I turn away from it. Then healing can take place. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but the motive is the important piece of that. And we've talked a lot about confession to our peers, um, to the people in our lives, but Really, like it starts out with the confessing to God, to God, confessing, repenting, asking for forgiveness, um, with directly with Him, because it doesn't matter how much you confess to the other person until your heart is right with God, mm-hmm. it's not going to change. Yeah, yep. that's that's a good point. I was super angry with this person, and if I was in in an ability to go to God first and change my heart, that avoided sin. Mm-hmm. For me at that time, I mean, it's no telling what's going to happen next week. No, really. But it's like, but that first step is staying right with God, staying right with God, staying with it. Something wasn't right. I wasn't happy in my spirit in any way. And something had to change. And, oh, it had to be me. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, yeah, there's those different levels. What are you trying to accomplish with it? Um, I don't, Yeah. I, just be careful who you confess to also, because once you confess, you don't unconfess. Words that come out of your mouth, come out of your mouth. They don't go back in. Yeah. So just be careful and be with trusted people. And you don't have to tell everybody everything. There's no real thing as a Facebook confession, I think. I'm not <laughs> on Facebook much, but I just don't think those are good. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. So I think we need to be wise about how we do that. And if someone is going, I have to confess this thing to you, and you're not ready for it, you can say, hey, I'm not the one. You want to go to everybody else here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you can always well, pray with them. That, absolutely. And there's, there's wisdom in saying, I don't need to hear this, mm-hmm. but I am glad to pray with you mm-hmm. so that you know who you do need to go talk to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can pray for the wisdom for you to know who that person is, but I have the wisdom to know it's not me. Yeah. So that's okay to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's good. It is that's good. good. 
Yeah. So speaking of prayer, does anybody want to pray for us as we finish our confession prayer today? Okay. I'll pray. Thanks, Andy. Okay. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that um, you've talked to us today through your word about healing and confession. Um, Those are pretty important things, Father. I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway for me today has been the fact that I've got to be in a right relationship with you first and foremost. And no matter what else is going on in my life, if I'll come to you about it first, you will give me the wisdom that I need to know how to handle everything else. Any sin in my life, the confession of sin, if I have something going on with someone else, that you will guide me through that process, Father, that I can trust you with that. Um, Lord, I pray for wisdom for all of us to know when we've got something in our lives that shouldn't be there. I pray that the Holy Spirit will stir in our hearts um, and lead us into righteousness, into right standing with you. Father, we just lay our hearts bare before you and ask that you will show us those areas in our lives that are not pleasing to you and that you will give us the grace and the mercy that you give to us in abundance to deal with those issues in our own hearts and with other people as well. So Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time together. We praise you and we worship you and we honor you because you are the Lord God Almighty and you reign in our lives. And Father, we are very grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>